Welcome to episode 45 of the 2 on 3 podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me trading small pieces of my soul for likes on Twitter, at S-E-A-T-J-K, and with me, as always, is Chris. Where do you make yourself available for getting it as good as you're giving it, Chris? I never give it as good as I get it, and that's because I'm, you know, I'm all about the value. (laughs) (laughs) But you can find me at C.D. Villasenor on Twitter. Beautiful. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at holla at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. It's Halloween as we speak. It won't be by the time you're listening to this. But given this is a night of negotiation, after all, what is trick or treat if not a threat? We're going to talk about trade-offs. <laughs> it really is a threat. It's a threat. These children come to your house and they threaten you. Correct. A trick or treat. <laughs> trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> Are you, I, I should just call this a trick. <laughs> okay, well, we'll be back with the eggs in about 20 <laughs> minutes after you're sleeping. Listen up, you little shit. I'll take the trick. What do you got? Some kid probably just pee on your porch. That would actually be pretty good. Well, before I I outline the topics, do you want to talk about this now? Because I have (laughs) just It just was just a a funny thought. All right. Well, tonight we'll begin with uh, menu substitutions and trading candy for favors. And we'll move on to... We recently had the NFL trade deadline, for those of you who still listen to us, because we sometimes still talk about sports. So we'll talk about trading the bad for good in football. And we'll wrap up with what it means to trade in your humanity for convenience, whether voluntary or productivity, which is voluntary indentured servitude. In the OT, we'll touch on the nature of the voluntary acts you need to execute to be part of a society. We're living in a society, Chris. (laughs) Some of us anyway. I don't know for how much longer. (laughs) Uh, But before we get to our topics, I did. I wanted to ask you, uh, how did your neighborhood adventures go tonight? It was good. We uh, we rolled the uh, we rolled the local neighborhood. Actually, a couple streets down, some people go buck wild. One of those lights and tombstones and fog and real people pretending to be fake people. It's oh. just gr- it's great. Nice. These people these people really get down. So uh, I appreciate them very much. But my my immediate neighborhood's pretty pretty sleepy. A lot of our kids have aged out, so uh, it's not as exciting as it probably what kind of costumes did we have the shark costume the shark costume the shark costume for uh the shark costume came back for uh its fourth year is it the last year is he gonna grow out of it at some point i think maybe he's got one more year in it like is it up to his elbows now his arms like jamming out of the sides it's a vest anyway anyway, so it just gets a little shorter but but what's hilarious is we went does he at least wear like a gray t-shirt to go with it no he just wears whatever whatever i love it i like just give a fuck it's awesome (laughs) but it was great because um my son has this cute next door neighbor friend and she's very she's very precocious and whatnot. So we we were at the um, at the school function uh, last Friday, and I was talking to her mom, and she walked up and she whispers to her mom. She says, "He's a shark again." <laughs> <laughs> I about wet my pants. That's great. I was like, "That is so good." Like he's worn this shark outfit every year of his elementary school. Since first grade, he's been wearing this 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 outfit. He should at least finish his entire elementary school. When you're this close, should, don't you need to close it out? Don't you just need to say, I wore one costume my entire elementary school as a kid? Well, I mean, only if you great. want everyone to call him Shark Boy all the way through <laughs> junior high. I think it's great. He doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. Well, is his sister at least having the courtesy to go as Lava Girl? <laughs> yeah, that would be... That would be uh, no, no, she's aged out. She she went uh, she went and hang out, hung out with her friends, and they no costume. What about a costume for you? Any costumes for the parents? Um, I I tend I go with the typical. Um, I have this Optimus Prime hoodie that I've had since my son was perhaps in first grade. Nice. <laughs> maybe maybe he just he learned it from watching me. Mm. Dad's the same thing every year. Yeah, <laughs> Dad's had the same costume since I can remember. Why would I change? Maybe that's a good thing. 
You know, because you're basically just wasting money on Halloween costumes anyway. I mean, really. but is he, like, into shit? Because I'm always into the costumes because the girls are like, I want to be this. This is what we're into. Nah, he's into sharks, baby. <laughs> he's Shark into candy. Week, week in your house. He's into candy. He's into <laughs> candy. candy, and that's he's what just, he's like, into. Yeah, he's just out there getting, the, getting it done. Dude, whatever He's it just is. on the grind. He doesn't give a shit. I love it. <laughs> How about how about how about you guys? Yeah, well, it was interesting. So tonight was so we talked last week about the changing demographics in the neighborhood and how there's more children than there have been, but there's still quite a bit of old people. So it's funny because all the parents with kids, like a few of us know each other, but clearly there's some like probably, you know, just local like, they're not clicks, but the people that you know. Mm-hmm. So Almost all of the houses that had decorations didn't have someone to answer the door because they probably had kids and they left a bowl of candy out because nobody from our crew wanted to stay back because um, right. we, you know, we we bring the grandparents down. They like to walk around with the kids on Halloween and um, help out uh, that which was help, you know, up until the end, as we talked about pre-show. Uh, <laughs> for those of you. <laughs> so I, I, I don't mean to digress, but uh, we had a little. Uh, bathroom trouble with the the toilet tonight uh so we had a little guest flooding action um so i'm, I'm drinking some whiskey for the show this evening <laughs> kind of take off take the edge off because after chasing the kids around the neighborhood coming back and having to clean up a flood was uh, less than ideal but uh it was funny because the all the families with kids and little groups of people like every group was two or three families with a couple of kids um we we're kind of orbiting each other in the neighborhood but like nobody was not that many people were answering all the old people were answering the doors but anybody with kids was not at home and it was just funny because we kept crossing paths sure um and then everybody's like oh you're that house okay yeah we loved your decorations and that kind of situation so yeah uh pretty fun and pretty laid back and actually the kids uh just you know keeping them from running out in the street because they're at that age where they have no fear about anything and don't really understand that uh you know consequences of getting hit by a car (laughs) (laughs) some some lessons you got to learn the hard way Hopefully not one off the end of a bumper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe just get grazed by the rear view or the, the side view mirror. That would, and not to that... sidetrack us too much, speaking of side tra- side views. Um, <laughs> I did find that it just for me was a nice break from what has become sort of a, a crippling case of election anxiety. <laughs> like the closer we get, I'm like, oh, God, what if what if it doesn't go the right way? Ugh, freaking out. <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> you are. You're you're very you're very tied up in this. Well, yeah, have, have some candy. I've never really seen what's happening now with the I'm campaigning on just like I'm just I'm going to say what the other party's doing and just pretend it's what I'm doing and it's just it's not it's it's like there's always been like mudslinging and lying but this is something else man <laughs> anyway maybe it's a good worry, time to start the you, show oh you worry too much I uh, yeah I don't know if I do I think I worry just enough for the pokes that don't worry enough <laughs> so let's get maybe. started we're uh we're Almost ten it, minutes right? into the show, and we should probably oh, get whatever. <laughs> People love us. They want to. They want to hear what. They want to hear what's going on in our lives. Ty. They, they do. Wanna, yeah, they don't want to just hear about our terrific ideas. They want and, relatable content. Yeah, they want. They want to know that we're people. <laughs> well, speaking of Halloween, our first segment was talking about uh, food exchanges or trade-offs in our our trade-themed uh, episode. And the first thing I saw was that uh, Reese is offering the candy exchange machine, and there's like lines, like teeming lines. Because people love the peanut butter cup. It is highly regarded, the peanut butter cup. It is. And, and you know, the, when those things end up in the candy bag, you know that the, that you're going to have to wrestle those away. It's like, hey, I need one of those Reese's peanut butter cups. No, old man, get your own. It's one of the few things I will, um, you know, voluntarily basically eat that's, that are poison for my body. Like, <laughs> not, just one. I just got to, I just got to, I got to. Just let one melt in my mouth. Yes. That soft now, milk chocolate and that, that, that spicy peanut butter in there. <laughs> it's not spicy is not the right word, but you know what I mean. I do. And I think the Reese's people were completely genius in putting out a candy exchange machine, which I don't know. Could you just put stuff in there? You could just put rocks in there. Maybe it would, would it give you, <laughs> it would just, would it give you Reese's? I don't know what you could put in there. I mean, maybe, maybe rocks like in a Ziploc. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe it, maybe it. Uh, I don't know the mechanics of it, but yeah. there's got maybe it's barcoded. Maybe you can only put barcoded candy. Does does does, does fun size candy have barcodes on it? It's really. I don't like, know. I was trying I to know. look because there's By an image, weight. right? I was doing yeah. some like enhance on it, like trying to figure <laughs> out zoom, yeah. zoom, and enhance. But it's a, it is a great thing because Lord knows that's the whole point of of Halloween is throwing that candy down and trading for all your favorite stuff. And Reese's is 
from my perspective. I mean, there's some people out there who don't like peanut butter and okay, but I'm telling you, it is top of the it's it's top of the heap for me. I can't think of anything I would trade. It depends, you know. I suppose, if you had a if I had a uh, like a plethora of Reese's, I might uh, trade for maybe some some variety. But I, you know, I like all the candy bars that people hate. People say they hate almond joy. I'm like, I love it. Love like I hate a hundred grand. I love it. Hundred grand will rip your like. Don't chew it. Will, it. it will. It Don't will rip. It. it will rip your fillings clean out of your head, man. Like a milk dud. Like just suck the filling right out of your tooth. But the, uh, but you know, I don't like the. I don't like the nutless candy bar. <laughs> you know, if your candy's nutless, like I don't like Milky Way. Like give me a Snickers, but I don't like the Milky Way. I don't like the Three Musketeers. I don't like that. I don't like the smooth nougat inside with nothing to. With well, the no key to texture, that. The no key to that, again. especially in the fun size, is to just suck on it, like put the whole <laughs> thing in your mouth and just let it melt and, and just suck and let it yeah. just let it just let it eat at your teeth. Just yeah, like, yeah. Just, yeah, just bathe I, it. Just bathe it. In sugar. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't do nutless candy bar. I can't do it. I would do the payday, which is all nuts and no chocolate, oh, before I did. The three the three musketeer I have I get no love for the three musketeer or the Milky Way. You can, the you payday can is the shit. original salted caramel. Anything <laughs> like it is literally it's salted caramel. You have a caramel bar with salted nuts on the outside. I think, speaking I think, of hold on, speaking of what do you call a peanut with a black eye? I don't know. A salted peanut. A salted peanut. <laughs> Why are you uh, laughing at uh, violence against legumes? Legio violence. <laughs> it's not cool. It's, it's seriously, seriously <laughs> no. It's a I think the, I think the payday actually comes from the fact that the machine broke one day and it was just chucking out candy bars without the chocolate on the outside. Yeah, the Baby Ruth machine broke. Yeah, yeah. And they said, and they said, and they said, oh shit, this is, oh dude, you screwed up this whole batch of Baby Ruths. <laughs> and then they started eating them and said, well shit. Well, if people will pay the same amount for a payday that they will for a baby Ruth, then we've screwed them because we've saved the chocolate. The cynic in me says that uh, <laughs> the the people that accidentally made them, like that the the bosses blamed the workers for the machine malfunction and said, uh-huh. "Well, it's payday. Take these." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Since you screwed up this whole batch of baby Ruths, yeah, you, this is your you, paycheck. You get this. This is what happens in 1890. Yeah, you know, back, you know what we don't get anymore, um, which I used to love, um, you know, this whole sweet tart, the sweet tart um, family of candies. Sure, but my favorite was bottle caps. You remember bottle caps? I do remember bottle caps. Man, the root beer Legit. bottle cap. The root beer bottle cap was the king of yeah. that class of candy, and I would trade for bottle caps for sure. I'd trade away all my damn Three Musketeers bars for them, which I do. There's an age where you're really in the sweet spot where like the candy draft after the trick or treating is really the best part. <laughs> like if you had good friends, you all sat down and you're like, okay, we're going to dump it all in the middle and then we're going to have yeah. a draft. Yeah. Just, just keep, just pull it out. Oh, yeah. the thing is, I like the, I like the barter and trade. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to, you keep your damn red vines, dude. Well, if I we went want... to the same house, houses. <laughs> yeah. Do you get any full size candy this year? I did see a few in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. I had the dog, so I kind of hung back. Oh, uh-huh. so I didn't like see what the kids were getting, but I did see in the uh, the dump out there were a few. I saw a full size Kit Kat and uh, a couple of other candy bars in there. I did, and I, any turn, anytime I heard my wife audibly say thank you, I think that was probably a full size candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the four, the four wide Kit Kat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Kit about. Kat is one of the other few things I will voluntarily eat that's poison for me. Yeah, that's a that's a quality that's a that's a quality candy, but. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 fun size red vines, which is basically two red vines that are like three inches long each. That's yeah, the like, most worthless. Ca- that's the wor- that's the most worthless Halloween candy. Fun size licorice is bullshit. Because <laughs> the fun size Twizzlers are just—it's ridiculous. It's like I'm gonna give me eight of those and I'll sit here. It's like ketchup packets. Like I'm just gonna have to have eight of these and peel them all apart. And then I have like these tiny little. Yeah, it's 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 no good. Yeah, I just can't wait. I can't wait for they start putting a single Swedish fish in a in a <laughs> piece of plastic and start using that as Halloween candy. Here's your Halloween candy, kids. It's like this is one Swedish fish in a piece of plastic. <laughs> well, speaking it's of Swedish bad. fish, they are Kentucky's favorite candy, according to this year's survey for favorite candy. Let me tell you what about the the favorite candy people. West Virginia, their favorite candy is blow pops. <laughs> when's the last awesome. time 
When's the last time you saw a blow pop? I haven't uh, seen a 7-Eleven, blow pop. I assume, still sells them. Gee, I like blow. It's a, hey, it's a, it's a lollipop. It's gum. Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> screwed up. Tennessee's Tennessee's favorite is the Tootsie Roll Pop, which is like, oh, what, are you Christ. trapped 50, in 50 years in the past? Yes, apparently. <laughs> one. Man, to- tootsie Two. Roll, number one. Number one, Tootsie Roll sucks. Three. Does it suck? It's just the word. Like I don't hate no. it when it's there, but I'm never Tootsie, seeking it out. Tootsie Pop is lame. Tootsie Roll is worse because at least because at least with the Tootsie Pop you get the lollipop part before you get to the worthless chocolate substitute thing that they call Tootsie Roll. That thing is disgusting. It's well, nasty. these Candy.com people they do this every year and they like point out when it's like a new winner, which uh-huh. so I went through first of all because I want to know who these psychos are that picked candy corn. Shout out to our friends at Reasons Are and All Things Pod because hey, everybody talking about candy corn. corn last week. They hate they hate candy corn. <laughs> everybody <laughs> hates candy corn. It's disgusting. Except Rhode Island, they love it. That's what I'm saying. So Rhode Island, we got Michigan, Idaho, got Idaho, Nevada, New Mexico. New Mexico. They love candy Alabama. Corn. But here's the thing: these are all repeat winners. <laughs> like in our state, it's saltwater taffy this year. Which what? And then I, we also had second for Tootsie Pops, and then third is Skittles, which I think is just a Seahawks thing. That's probably just a Seahawks thing. But Although, really, people are into saltwater taffy. I guess. I mean, tourists. Like, if you <laughs> when you go to the when you go to the coast or whatever, every one of those joints sells saltwater taffy. And aren't all these things fa- based on like Facebook? <laughs> Isn't this data mining from <laughs> Facebook? Isn't that what this is? <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Illinois, my home state, with the Kit Kat at the number one. They know what's up. It's pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. Candy corn, you know, I don't know. It's a oh, butter. Shout out to Butterfinger. I love Butterfinger, but man, Butterfinger stays in your teeth for for Butterfinger is fantastic. Days. It's awesome. Never would and pick it, but like when it's there for you, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like what even is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know what it's made of because it's, it's just it's like crumbly, layers of some sort of wafer. It's a crumbly and yeah. sticky butterscotch thing. I have no idea what it's made of. It's genius. It's, made it's of fantastic. Genius. It's made of. Let awesome. me tell you before we move off the topic here is that underrated. Oh, also, uh, Mississippi chooses Three Musketeers as their favorite. So fuck, never live in fuck Mississippi. Those people. Oh, also shout <laughs> out, <laughs> shout out to Louisiana though, choosing Lemonheads, which is a righteous choice. I can't. Uh, t- too sour. Too sour. Too sour? What are you, some kind of sissy? <laughs> <laughs> it's too sour. It's too sour. One of the things I want to, you know, I, I've just been waiting. This has been, a thought's been kicking around in my head for a couple of weeks for some reason, is that Heath, not a good candy bar, but like chop that up and put it in ice cream, and it is just the best ice cream mix-in yeah. available. The Heath blizzard, bar. The blizzard, the Heath blizzard is a staple of American society. It's terrific. It is. Anything else to say about the candy? Nothing other than I can't, I, you know, I can't wait to eat some. That's I can't all. wait to never not eat chocolate. It is really, this is a nice test of will for me. Yeah, I know. The chocolate makes you, makes you grumbly. Makes your uh, stomach grumbly. <laughs> it's rough. It's a rough yeah, life. It is a rough life, man. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's, you know. Sometimes you're gonna have like there's gonna be one point where the, the Reese's peanut butter cup's gonna call you and you're gonna have to eat it. Just don't eat the big one. Just eat the small one. Eat the mini. Yeah, and I have to like time it so that I <laughs> you know <where> <laughs> so gonna, you're not at work. I'm gonna be. So you're yeah. not. So you're not out. <laughs> so you're not flooding someone's basement with your giant poo. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe we. Should, that's just that's that's terrible. That's not what happens. Come on. <laughs> Putting me on incorrect blast on the internet. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I, well, in I'm segment just, two, I'm just hearkening. I'm just hearkening back to the giant poo that clogged your toilet this evening. Well, I don't think it was the poo. I think it was <laughs> the half a roll of toilet paper. From my, from what I've experienced in the past, my understanding it was a cavalier usage of the three seashells. <laughs> Too many uh, demerits for bad language. I I understand what you're saying. I got. I'm, I'm with you. Come I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for bringing it back up. <laughs> it's going to come back right. at least two or three more times. Oh, I'm so glad that. I shared it with you. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. She's going to be mad at me. <laughs> It'll be all right. All right. Well, in segment two, we're going to talk about not really NFL trades, but rather football trade-offs. So 
you laid it out there for me as obviously we had some coaching changes uh, this last week in the NFL. And we also, we had a, we had some QB substitutions both in the NFL as well as in my, my personal favorite college football team. Get sure. us started. All right. So the way I posed it was why fire your, sh- why firing your shitty coach mid season might not be the best thing to do if you're a football team. Now, football is football is a special sport in that it's the season's not very long, uh-huh. right? So, if you fire your coach mid-season, the odds on you, the odds on anything good happening are pretty much zero, right? I mean, that's the you're pretty much deci- you're pretty much just firing your whole season down the toilet at that point. Like, there's nothing you can do, even if you're Hugh Jackson, like terrible, three and thirty-six and one. I mean, okay. but he's won two games this year, which was one game more than he won the year before, and one hundred percent improvement. This is hundred percent improvement. So, and he's been close in a few games. I mean, they're close. So, if you fire him now, what what do you get out of it? I mean, if you keep Hugh Jackson being the example. Maybe you win two more games. Maybe you win four games. Could you win five? I mean, that would be okay. I mean, I just don't see what the benefit of firing your crappy coach mid-season does for you. I mean, if anything, you fire him the day after the season ends, and you, after a bunch of other people get fired, and then you get yourself a new coach, and then you give that coach a full off season. But right now, you're just you. It doesn't help you. You have a rookie quarterback. You had who was p- playing okay. I mean, there's just a. I just don't see the the point in it because football is so married to the coach's approach. There's not a lot of games. You've basically crapped it down the toilet. Now, when you have basketball being the other example, I mean, if you've got five, you know, if you've got three decent players on your team, most anybody could coach those teams, <laughs> and you get. Relatively similar results. It's a it's a player talent driven league, whereas I think coaching in football has much more weight. Uh, and I just think that when you when you when you change it mid season, you're just it. Has it ever helped a team in okay. football to dump their their coach mid season? Well, I did not look into whether or not it's been effective, but I did think about it empirically when you put it. Uh, in front of me and I think that there's a couple ways to look at it I think about when you have to make a change in a management position like I try to put myself in the shoes of the GM what do I want to have happen for the rest of the year and granted who knows what the the owner has to say about it and what kind of pressure there is I think in specifically with regard to Hugh Jackson he got himself fired um, in his post-game press conference this week, he was asked a question about what were you thinking in this situation at the half, and he basically answered the question, I don't even remember what you're talking about, like, and, and wasn't <laughs> didn't know what he was talking about. Like, couldn't answer the question from a game that he had just, you know, and I, I don't know what his deal is. Um, I don't you know, know him personally. I did watch Hard Knocks, and it didn't seem like he had a good control of either the locker room or his own coaching staff. Yeah, Hard um, Knocks is a whole different conversation, but okay. Sure. But so, empirically, like, you think, okay, I'm going to make a change because I have goals for the culture. Like what are my possible outcomes? And the last thing I think about is does season to season momentum exist. And I tend to think that for the reason that you cited, it does that you can lose, but losing the players and having them not want to be on your team anymore, especially when you're in a situation where Cleveland, which like Cleveland rather, where the roster is pretty good and you have a promising quarterback, you have some talent at the skill positions, you have some talent on defense. It seems like you have really quality pieces. Um, if your head coach is not someone or he's lost the quarterback, because I did see that too coming out of that, that people said that uh, according to sources, Baker Mayfield was not going to miss Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bad idea aspect is, like you say, what's the point? Uh, there's a possibility of it getting worse. I think putting Greg Williams in as the interim is not like <laughs> great for anybody. That dude's a psychopath. Um, and then why run like a retread? Like why not? Why not just turn the coaching staff over? Like leave. You know, I guess I, I know there's a system, and I don't know what the playbook protocol is, but certainly the players are going to know what playbook. Like why not like go harder at it? You know, why not find like if you're going to do it, 
why not do it whole hog? You know, why not really just start interviewing for real and, and, and bring somebody in to try to get that like last four or five games where think about like when Garoppolo took over for the Niners last year, right? Everybody was like, wow, the Niners are going to be great next year. Now that hasn't panned out, True. but I bet their locker room was really feeling good. And so people were inclined to return, to resign, or to be excited about the new regime because they had had some experience and some positivity to end the season. But a, player, but a player can do that for your team. A coach, a coaching change, likely cannot. Well, I just think that you have to, that's what I'm saying, you have to find, like, to, to promote the, the defensive coordinator for the rest of the season, that's just a whatever. That must be a situation where the key players have come to the GM and said, this dude's a clown. You got to get him out of here. Like, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the, I just, I just see that as, you know, a very football specific thing where, where would you rather win four or five games with, with Hugh Jackson? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you've already let him go. Oh, and 16. But that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mean? I think maybe this year they're like, okay, you have the talent. You've had time to do your thing. And, and, and you've embarrassed yourself publicly a couple of times now this year. Yeah. And I think that the team looked like they had a spark when, you know, Baker came in was a starter. And now it looks like they're just headed for a, a three and yeah. 13 kind of year, or maybe four and 12 kind of year. And if that's the case, why not just go two and 14 and get another top pick? Yeah, well, who coaches the head coach, right? What when in terms of like how to deal with stuff like this? Does the GM sit the coach down and say, "Hey, let's get you through this. Let's let's try to develop you as someone who's not <laughs> who doesn't come off looking like an ass every week at their press conference." I mean, do we get a the communication the head of you know communications to sit down with you, and give you communications training or something? It just seems weird to me that you would that you would launch somebody. Five, five, six, you know, six, seven weeks, eight weeks into the season. I think the current GM didn't hire him, if I recall correctly, that they yeah. have replaced the GM in the time that Hugh's been the head coach. And so I'm sure that guy was probably just waiting for an opportunity to be like, all right, well, I gave you a chance and you clearly don't have it. <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly think that that post game press conference where he was just like, I don't remember what happened in the game that we just played, just yeah. got him fired. I think it was the, the GM called him in and was like, hey, so this not really acceptable job performance, we're going to have to let you go. Yeah, what's funny about that is somebody like Sean McVay knows the knows the plays he called five years ago. Yes, which which <laughs> which is which is part of the the you know um, when Hugh Jackson was zero and sixteen, it was fine. You know, he was whatever. They 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 seem perfectly okay with him trying to develop people, mm-hmm. and now he's won a couple of games. They're looking a lot better, and all of a sudden, somebody thinks to themselves, well, "You know what? We could really be much, 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 much better." So let's get rid of him now. You know I think it's more. I, I think it's more that we know this season is also lost. Let's just wrap it up and start looking. For, let's change the culture now. Let's start the culture change process. Now. I don't know. I think. I think. I think. I think teams get psycho when they feel like when they feel like they should be contenders even if they are or aren't i think they they i think they just sort of they just they get they lose their minds you mean like early in the season when i was calling for Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer's head because the <laughs> team looked horrific in the first 2 weeks yes and that's and again it's credit it's, to them credit to them for adapting by the way yeah and i think that's what that's what a good staff does and and you know I don't know if Hugh Jackson would have come out the other end of this. I mean, I don't think he. I mean, he certainly wouldn't have gotten the. He certainly wouldn't have gotten through the off season this year. Mm-mm. But, but at but at some point, teams just lose their minds, right? They go, they go, they go buck wild. They think, oh my gosh, we have to compete at this certain level, and now we're just going to do something crazy. Yeah. And they lose, and they sort of lose their way. Well, let's think about this in terms of basketball because I've been looking at bas- watching basketball for the last week or so. The Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets were one of the best teams in the league last year. Uh-huh. And they almost they you know they they gave they gave uh the Golden State Warriors a you know a good run. Uh-huh. And then they thought, "Okay, we need to we need to make the leap. We need to get better." And they lost their minds. Like a guy like Daryl Morey, who's a terrific GM by all accounts, 
just loses his mind. Why, why would you trade anyone from that team? Why would you mess with that team even at all? Well, in the NBA, you've got long-term cap applications, but uh, bringing in Carmelo Anthony is just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Have you watched now Carmelo? Now you're going to be the worst team in the league. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about quarterback changes, too, before we move completely off of this. Right. So you'd put on here, I think, Tampa Bay quarterback changes, the uh, – you know, obviously Jameis kind of lost his job by playing like shit, like or like he usually does. Like he'll have yeah. two, three decent games, and then turn the ball over sixteen times in a game. And sure, Fitzmagic had Fitzmagic had four really good games. Oh, three and a half really good games. Yeah, and you know, got benched, and he should have, right? Because your starter's back. And then, but should he have? <laughs> Again, I don't. Uh, I don't know because neither one of those guys is good. They're good in. Their their ceilings are both good, but they can't can they can't maintain their. They're streaky. Yeah. If if you could if you could just match up their streaks, if you could just string together their hot streaks, you'd be the best team in the league. Yeah, they're like Ricky Fowler. Right. He's only got two go- two quarters two quarters of good football in him. Yeah, exactly. If you could if you could if you could get his best, if you could get his best three rounds of golf over a. Eight week span, he would he win by a mile. That's <laughs> right. the same thing with Fitzpatrick. If you get his four best quarters over three games, he's like the best quarterback in the in the league. Well, the other quarterback change that I wanted to talk about was that the Huskies, the University, University of Washington Huskies, of which I am an alum. For listeners who don't know, um, suffered their worst loss in the Chris Peter head coach Chris Peterson era this last weekend, scoring ten points on the road against a terrible Cal team that scored 12 points to win of which half of those points was a pick six which happened when our coach decided that our struggling starting quarterback needed to sit down for a series put in his backup who had shown flashes in early games when he played a few reps and can spin it pretty good based on what I've seen who promptly threw the ball to the linebacker for a a pick six that ended up being the difference was it jake jacob Jacob, they're all jake or jake or jacob (laughs) they're all jake Jake or jacob (laughs) it was jake jacob jake (laughs) yeah i mean what was he doing just like it was one of those things where he just wanted to wanted to give browning just just a, a breather and just say hey just step back and then we'll get you back in the next series and then you can you can just you can just maybe shake it off and and get it going I, again? I don't, I don't know. I never heard a satisfactory explanation other than they felt like they needed a, needed a spark, which I can understand. It's easy to say that it's bad and dumb in hindsight because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they'd come in and um, Hayner, Jake Hayner had started, you know, throwing darts and the team got energized, then, you know, he'd look like a genius. You know what pushed Coach Peterson to that was Saban. Saban pulls his – Saban yeah. pulled, puts Tui in on the Tua – in on the uh yeah but that dude instantly came out and started throwing javelins all over the fucking field <laughs> like a superhero but, but see that's the thing that's again and peterson's like well save it save it could do it we'll just we'll just go ahead maybe this will work out well here's the thing about jake browning our current starting quarterback who's been excellent and basically set all the meaningful records at this point for husky quarterbacks with what amounts to like the play of chad pennington like he just, not, I've never been impressed with it, but okay. No, it's not impressive. And that's okay. So let me ask you a question. What would you say is the most defining factor in college athletics, specifically football? What is the one thing that makes a great team much better than its, than its counterparts in college specifically? In college, with coaching. Okay. Physically from the athlete's perspective. From, I don't know, speed. Yes. So since 2016, when we had John Ross the fastest man ever to run a 40 in the draft in the combine. Yeah. And we watched him constantly have to slow up in the secondary because Browning couldn't throw the ball deep enough to actually hit him in stride mm-hmm. basically ever. There's this like, again, this is nearly three seasons ago of football. Now there's this thing where it's like, Oh, well maybe he just, you know, getting his feet set or whatever, but you see it happen over and over and over again. And that team made the playoff, obviously and lost to Alabama had to play a perfect game, perfect game to have any chance to win and didn't. Um, it was clear to all of us, and I think including coach, that Jake just didn't have the physical tools to be truly elite, like to win at that level, to, to win a playoff, to win a title. I mean, he wouldn't, he's not, he wouldn't even start in Canada next year. Probably not. 
So while he's tough and smart and like he's generally pretty great, he has had some suspect decision making. And it's all since those days when you saw that we, you know, had our, 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 our fastest receivers, our best receiving core, and our best defense, um, it's been hard to be excited about our ceiling knowing he was going to be limited. So I think there there was just a breaking point where it's like, we're losing to a shitty team. I don't know, just put the other kid in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... I mean, we're well over time. I wanted to get that out, though. That's fine. I, mean, I, I know you need to air that out because now they're because now the, they're, the season's pretty much shit. All right. Washington, Washington State's number eight, though, ranked number eight. Cool, fuck Wazoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, it's segment three. Let's talk about... Uh, what it means to trade your humanity for convenience, first of all, and then also for productivity. So we've talked before about sort of being okay with targeted marketing. Like, all right, well, if you if you cookie me here and then you prompt me for a deal there on something I actually want, that's a good thing. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the Netflix show Maniac, where they have these ad buddies. Any, have you <laughs> no, seen any of this? I okay. No, I haven't seen it. So it is like a near future, but it's also where it's a near future where technology seems to have got stuck in the eighties. Like there's more technology, more advanced things we can do, but it's all in like cathode ray tubes. And like <laughs> okay. everything looks like New York in the eighties. I bring it up because one of the things they have is ad buddies. And these ad buddies are basically, if you don't have money, you can sign up to have an ad buddy. And it is a job where a live person like rides with you on the subway and reads ads to you. <laughs> <laughs> And that brought me to uh, looking at some stuff. I was looking at, I was doing a data course uh, recently, getting brushing up on my big data skills. And I was reading this thing that talked about how uh, in 92, it goes back actually to a story called uh, about beer and diapers, where by analyzing transactions, they were able to determine, this is apocryphal perhaps, but they were able to de- determine that beer and diapers are often purchased together. And so they started stocking them closer to each other in stores like Target and Walmart and anywhere that carries carries both of those items. Um, yeah, because dudes who've got little kids need beer. Correct. Yeah, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a surprise, right? It's <laughs> not a shock. Right. And then in 2012, now I'm uh, trying to well now I'm trying to think of all the times I bought beer and diapers together. <laughs> it might have been a lot. Yeah, probably. I, but I was always shameless about it. I just bought the beer, the diapers, and all the other groceries, too. <laughs> sure. I think it's more of a, we need diapers, go to the store. Well, I'm going to get some beer and put this in the fridge. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> probably when they go to the store together, it's like, don't buy that beer. You don't need it. But that was a very, like, 80s, 90s kind of stereotype. I remember that from, uh, I don't remember what movie that is, where, like, his girlfriend makes him start drinking light beer. Like, she wants to work on his body. <laughs> That's the first step. But then in 2012, the New York Times wrote a story about Target discovering a set of 25 products that were uh, able to predict a major life event for somebody that purchased them. And it's like magnesium, calcium, zinc, these mineral supplements, cotton balls, um, larger than usual amounts of unsanded lotion. Uh, do you know what uh, what that predicts? You're going to have a baby. That's right. When I'm thinking about this. All those cotton balls. Yeah, but that's not voluntary, right? So this is my problem. It's like you have no choice in this. They're just like you're analyzing your behavior, and they're gonna like target market for you. They're gonna figure me out, right? I'm a very easy puzzle to figure <laughs> out. Yeah, but are you okay with it? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I want Kentucky Fried Chicken to send me coupons every three weeks because every three weeks I need some Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's. I mean, yes. This is. I'm very predictable in terms of my buying habits. Yeah. Right? You know who's got me you know who's got me pegged? Again, not sponsored by but should be sponsored by the people at Eddie Bauer. It oh. always seems like when I need a jacket or a shirt or something like that, it's like I get that sixty percent off email that comes mm-hmm. floating into my inbox. I'm like Yeah. Oh hell yeah, Ed <laughs> I'm your man. I do need a vest. I do need a <laughs> I do need another down vest. It's like I don't have that color. 60% off I'm in. I mean this this makes a lot of this makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't I don't even think it's trading in my humanity for productivity. I just I just like the I just like the fact that uh, you know I just you know what it is? It's like going to your favorite restaurant. You know, if you go to your favorite restaurant and the and the waiter knows you mm-hmm. and the waiter like knows what you like, your drink, yeah. you know, it's like, "Oh, hey. Hey, Chris. It's nice to see you. Hey, what? Here, here's an old-fashioned. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. You knew exactly what I wanted." I mean, 
that's the kind of experience that I think that I I'm particularly looking for because I just don't I don't have a lot of needs outside of the basics, right? So what you're saying is that computers can provide you the social engagement of your local establishment by analyzing your behavior and instead of requiring you to, you know, forge a relationship with another human who might get to know your preferences, rather can just force feed you additional products that you want in a Listen Listen <laughs> listen, the turnover at Eddie Bauer's too high. I can't I don't see the same I don't see the same dude in there, the same woman in there every week, every three months that I If you did, that person's gonna think you're trying to date them. Right. They think I was a weirdo, but I do know the fact that when I go to the Lil Johns, that my favorite waitress there just comes in slinging the the cinnamon roll. If, if I'm there with the fam, yeah, it's like she just comes with coffee, cinnamon roll, hot chocolate for the kids. That's it just, nice. It just shows up, and that's that's a good stuff. Now I'd like that to extend out to my other needs. And if it's okay, if you can predict, I mean, especially the things that you can predict, right? I got to get my oil changed, whatever, every six months in your yeah. car. So everybody who does oil changes should get on, the, should figure out my pattern and just jump on it and say, hey, we'd like your business. Come come with us. Here's here's a coupon. Here's a something. But that's the thing is to really get through that, that fourth wall, if you will, in the retail business, you kind of have to like break it down yourself. Like at the place that I started taking my cars, um, like the third appointment or so when they were like going through the, okay, here's blah, blah, here's what we recommend. And I was like, Hey, so I come in here all the time. Can you please put a note on my account to stop trying to upsell me? And that like changed the dynamic. Right. Cause I was like, stop telling me I need to replace my wiper blades, blades. Just stop doing it. Like I know, I know when they need to be changed. It takes me mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Stop offering to do it for forty dollars. It's pissing me off. I want to get, and I said that I was like, I want to keep coming here. You know, please stop telling me that I need to do this basic thing. But it changes those dynamics because you know we uh, we go to the same grocery store all the time and um, happen to get checked out a couple of times by the store manager you know, who's helping out on the registers. Mm-hmm. And I was bagging myself because he was the extra guy, right? So there was no yeah, bagger. Yeah. So I was then I'm talking to him while I'm bagging, and he hooked me up with like the coupon that I didn't know about, right? The double secret probation what? coupon. Did yeah. I, what, what was the double secret coupon? It was like $40 off your total purchase if you spent more than 300 bucks. Oh, 300 Whoa. Or $200 or whatever it was. I mean, probably not $300. I, no. I, rarely, rarely, 20, I rarely hit the, the three, the three say, century mark. Twenty Like the 20% off total purchase? Yeah. Is a, that's a... Jeez. Yeah, it was nice. And so now I see him, though, and he says, hello. Oh. And so now if I need something, I'm like, hey, do you have this? And he's like, no, but we can get it. So now I have like... I can make the store buy the things I want because <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> So See? that's what I need from the computer if you want me to be okay with it. I need to be able to, like, tune it a little bit. Like, give me the opportunity to, like, tell the computer I do or do not like the ads mm-hmm. so that it can be more of a customized experience. If you're going to continue to mine my data, which I can't control anyway, sure. at least let me tune it a little bit so I get something out of it. <laughs> I'm buying from you anyway. At this point, I'm not the product. It's not a free service, right? It's advertising. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the uh, my my other. Let's see. I, I'm uh, I'm taking a look at that uh, that article that you were you were referring to, and there's that that part at the bottom about. Yeah, um, I want to touch on this too. <laughs> Go ahead, let's jump into that. Well, I wanted to use this data uh, anecdote to castigate Amazon. <laughs> so, this talks about the fact that uh, as Hurricane Francis approached the southeastern part of the United States in 2004. Walmart queries its customer sales data to see what sells frequently before a hurricane. You'd expect to see emergency prep supplies. Um, but they also saw that like tons of strawberry Pop-Tarts, sevenfold increase in the days <laughs> leading up to a hurricane, which makes sense because you can eat them cold or hot. Yeah. You only need a toaster to cook them. Yeah. Um, you don't even need it. You don't even need a toaster. They're sealed, so they, they essentially last forever. Right. It made all the sense in the world to me. But my first thought, which is probably different from whatever you have to share, but my first thought was, oh, so you're telling me that what Amazon could do is now that we're getting fucked by hurricanes every, every like three times a year, they could actually be shipping things down there. Like, hey, maybe it'd be a nice philanthropic effort to say, hey, we have distribution centers full of all the stuff you want, including food and supplies, and we're just going to yeah. ship them to these places. Pop-tarts. Maybe they're doing it, but they need p- better PR people if they are. <laughs> we, we're sending Pop-Tarts to all the... All the uh, disaster ravaged zones yeah well which is great because i would i would take that my favorite my favorite thing is preceding every blizzard everyone buys all that all the milk and eggs and bread 
because I guess French toast is happening the next day for 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 for, uh, for all you Blizzard people. Well, I mean, I'm, I can relate to that. I mean, if I can't, what are the two my my two go tos as a full time remote employee, as we've discussed many times, spending <laughs> scrambled a lot of time eggs, here. scrambled eggs. Uh, I actually generally do uh, poached eggs. Poach, that's a lot of work. It's not. I have the, the just the poacher on the pan. I don't like poach them in a bag or anything. Some kind of this is not like a French restaurant. Like I'm not sous viding <laughs> the eggs. I don't have time for that shit. Well, you got to boil water, right? And you got uh, like swirl like an it inch around. of water. It takes like three minutes. The whole process takes eight minutes. I have it down to a science. <laughs> okay. I'll do like uh, yeah, poached eggs and toast, and then I'll I'll make sandwiches. So yeah. You need I, you need bread. You need you need bread and milk and. Eggs I don't need for, milk. I mean that's for freaks that want to drink hormones I don't <laughs> <laughs> but the uh but yeah so that's uh that's that's i think i'm just trying to think the uh the the it's it, it says specifically strawberry pop tarts which are i mean come on man brown brown sugar cinnamon that's where the pop tart action is i'm pretty much okay with whatever pop tart is as long as the kind with the frosting on the outside the uh wait which ones which which don't have their original Pop Tarts don't have that frosting on the outside. What? Yeah. Uh, really? Really. I know that one time my wife bought those Annie's Pop Tart, not those the healthy pot. Those things tasted like shit. I was like, these are an abomination. <laughs> like, do not go in and try to make Pop Tarts healthy. They're yeah. perfect the way they are. The only acceptable Pop Tart alternative is Toaster Strudel, which had the most hilarious. <laughs> Remember, remember the original ad for Toaster Strudel, where the Pillsbury Doughboy basically came all over that, would <laughs> all over the Toaster Strudel Squeeze because they used to it out. Yeah. yeah, you had to put the frosting the, on yourself. Yeah, you put yeah, it on no. the toaster to get it warm. But the ad was is wildly hilarious because essentially it's the Pillsbury Doughboy just just creaming all over the all over the Toaster Strudel. It's wildly hilarious. Well, we were going to talk also about <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I like it came with that one. I'll find it. Yeah, you'll you'll want, you'll people you'll want to you want to you want to go back into the the YouTube time <laughs> machine and, and watch the original toaster strudel ad. Well, one of the things I want to talk it's about filthy. You... It's filthy. <laughs> God damn it! Before we completely move on from this, was that stupid human blinder that was on the internet like ten days ago? And I just laughed and laughed because I remember when people put in the op- I was working in an office. When people put in the open office environment, I was like, yeah, I get what you're doing here. Cubes are oppressive and gross, but this is much worse. <laughs> like, I love to not be able to have a phone call without everyone, like, hearing what I'm doing. And now I, if I have to have a personal phone call, I've got to go find a conference room. And there aren't any right. ever in any office these days mm-hmm. and hadn't been even in the past. And now, so what we're doing is, here are your horse blinders. <laughs> Please just stare at your computer. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. And I actually worked at a dot com where we had pods where it was desks just pushed up again. There were no there were no dividers. Mm-hmm. There were mm-hmm. oh, I know. eight of us. There were eight of us per pod, three each side and one on each end cap. And your yeah. manager sat on the end cap. This is that's junior high. I don't want to. It's not <laughs> like that's but not yeah. what I want. But yeah, I have to hear you know. I have to hear your doctor. I have to hear you make your doctor's appointment. I have to hear you you know deal with your everyday life, which is which you know obviously there's some benefit to dealing being close to the people you work with because you can get stuff done in a team way very mm-hmm. quickly. Sure, but but you also have to live in people's lives because <laughs> you can't turn them off. I mean, I don't think it's only good so far. I think it's bad. You think it's bad? I you know I currently. I work in a cube, but our cubes are spaced in a way that it doesn't seem like we're on top of each other. I don't feel sure. like I don't feel like I have to deal so much with people's personal lives. I can understand. Um, I, I just think that if we are getting to a point where it seems necessary for you to wear a blinder as a human being while you do your work, we failed as a society. <laughs> You should just wear one of those old nun hats, you know, those ones that stick out over your head, and then you can just like. So it's know, not Handmaid's Tale; it's just hand everybody's tail. <laughs> right, so we can all wear them, and no, and then you make it to where it fits exactly onto your uh, onto your uh, monitor. So when you lean into your monitor, it just sort of suction cups like, shook, makes like a like a. Why not like just grasp the monitor directly onto my fucking eyes? <laughs> 
<laughs> we could do that, except you know, you'd, you'd end up with worse neck problems, I'm sure. <sighs> trying to trying to wheel around. And I can 20, lay down at least. With <laughs> a twenty seven inch monitor, yeah. like somehow grafted to your head, like yeah. with a big with a big frame that that you bolt to your chest. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, seems that seems it seems like you're living in the future. Well, we are well into the OT. <laughs> we are, and. uh I think that we so we missed a couple of things and so we wanted to start doing this right so we missed a couple of things in segment one you wanted to talk about the boneless wing scam um is there anything to say beyond the fact that don't order boneless wings unless you are looking to eat chicken nuggets you should probably just go buy a bag of tyson and go home boneless (laughs) wings are chicken nuggets people stop buying them they're not wings at all yeah if you want boneless wings i I, what are you even going out to dinner for you're just wasting money just go to the chicken wing place and order the chicken wings. Don't order the, oh, I'll order the boneless ones because I don't like dealing with the bone. Those are you don't wings. want chicken wings. Then you don't want chicken wings. <laughs> in fact, in fact, at least be an adult and get chicken strips. Yeah. The thing about it is they're actually hosing you because chicken breast is actually cheaper than chicken wings. Of course. Well, so they well, want hold on. you to chicken buy- nuggets aren't even chicken breast. That, that is that is amalgamated chicken. No, well, I mean, chicken McNuggets are, but I mean, even if even if the establishment you're purchasing your boneless wings is uses real ingredients, chicken breast is still less expensive than chicken wings, and they want you. They, that's why they're pushing the boneless wings all the time. It's like, right. oh, these are boneless wings. Oh, those are chicken strips, dude. Those are chicken nuggets. Stop calling them boneless wings because you're just tricking people. I'm proud to report that I don't go to any establishments that push boneless wings. It's something I should order. <laughs> I do go to the, I do hit the wing stop every so often, and uh-huh. they will have they will they will have boneless wing specials on like Tuesday. It's like Tuesday's boneless wing special day. I'm like I'm not falling for your I'm not falling for your trap trap wing stop. I don't I don't want to pay the same exact amount of money for chicken nuggets. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> like I would just 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 get chicken strips, like because I like the whole part of eating wings is like peeling the meat off of the bone as part of the fun, right? Yeah, and like your the technique is a huge factor. <laughs> like you get the, get, get the pincer grip on the end, right, and then you yeah. bite down and then you slide it out and all the meat comes off. Right, you're a pro. I yeah, it's you pull the small. So if you have the two bone Flat, wings, yeah, flats are superior you, to drumettes. You get you get it in your mouth and then you take the small bone. And you just pull it out. So now you've got all the meat on the one big bone, and then you just sort of pop it right out of here, and you're you're living. And the other thing I do when I eat chicken wings is I only use my right hand to eat chicken wings. I have a dirty hand and a clean hand. One hundred, yeah, absolutely. I, I never eat. I see people out there eating their chicken wings with two hands. I'm like, what are you doing? No, no. don't do one that. hand, one picker, got- pick, dip. Bite, yeah. B- bone tray. And the <laughs> left hand, the right hand is for wings. The left hand is for beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Because then you're always having to towel off. I see the people struggling with their napkins. They end up with a giant pile of napkins, and you're just screwing up. Just eat your wings with one hand. You have a you have a wing hand and you have a clean hand. That's right. And you never have to wipe off the wing hand ever. Because it, it just it gets gross. It gets all. <laughs> it just gets all. It, and by the end of your meal, it's completely covered in wing stuff and you're just and it's the greatest thing ever well if i was smart i would have segued from our discussion on the blinders in the open office to talk about this other office topic but instead i jammed that wings that wing shit in there so that's fine (laughs) um you talked about wanting or you mentioned that you wanted to talk about uh yeah the concept of the office bio break and the specificity therein all right Okay, people, if you are working in an office and you are running a meeting, you do not have to say, we're going to take five minutes for a bio break. (laughs) Okay, just call it a break. We're going to take a break for five minutes. I don't need, you don't have to call it a bio break. I don't, I don't need to know that if you're taking a pee or a poop or whatever. Take your pee or poop. Get yourself some water. Come on back. It's a break. You don't have to call it a bio break. You don't have to be so specific. You just call it, hey, we're going to take five minutes. We'll see. I'll see you back here in five minutes. You don't have to call it a bio break. Sorry. I think it's it stems too, from, yeah, I think it stems from this need to like, well, if we didn't have to pee, we wouldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> if Tim over here didn't have to take a shit, yeah. we could continue working. But since he has to take a bio, he's been farting up a storm over here. So if I don't let him take a shit now, 
he's gonna poo his pants, and then our meeting's gonna be over. Whoa. So let's take a let's take a Tim shit break. <laughs> and that's what they should call. And then, and then we'll come back in fifteen minutes because he's break. gonna he really needs to go. You know what? It's going to be a go home and take a shit break. It's 30 minutes. <laughs> Stop it. Let's get rid of bio break as uh, a term that it's we really use bad. at work. It's I, just terrible. I, hate I it. don't it, it came into vogue almost like almost a decade ago now and I still hear it all the time. Oh lord. It's like we know you got to pee so we're finally going to let you. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm an adult and if I have to use the restroom, I'm just going to get up and go. Right. I'm not going to sit in my chair and squirm around while you talk yeah. about your TPS reports. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to be like some 6-year-old kid doing the pee-pee dance. No. Right? I'm just like I got to take a pee, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'll I'm be right back. Up. And if somebody says where are you going? It's like, uh, the restroom. I will be right back. <laughs> yeah, don't even ask me. Why would you even ask me? So, I don't mean to waylay us as I often do. <laughs> sure. We're pushing up on an hour, but uh a friend of ours recently told me if we're going to have a bio break, why can't I jack it in the mother's room? <laughs> you could. That would be bio. <laughs> that would be a bio break. Why don't I spit in your coffee later? That seems like a bio break. <laughs> yeah, bio break. It's rough. I don't know. I hate it. I'm, I'm anti. Is that it? Did we run out of stuff? I thought yeah. I had something else for that. You had one more thing, but I, I think we we had the China the China train announcement. Let's should we should we end with the oh China yeah train the China train announcement? Sorry, so you tweeted that at the show's account, which uh, I appreciated because it always helps me amplify the message. But someone had recorded, so we talked a few episodes back about social currency and how China's doing the punishment thing, and I think that, that I think the punishment thing it is a reward for people who aren't assholes. It's not though, it's not in China because I actually <laughs> ran into it just by chance tonight. At NPR on the radio, I was driving my car home from the grocery store. I was out for like 10 minutes. And NPR is talking about this in China, the social program. Not only is there this train announcement, which we, re, we retweeted last week, um, but there is like if you don't pay your debts, you get put on like the, the untrustworthy list. Good. Hold on. There's billboards. It's electri- <laughs> that are electronic and cycle through mug shots of the untrustworthy people. Good. There's well, only a there's only a 1.5 billion people in China. I mean, who's gonna like <laughs> see your picture on a billboard? Go, hey. this dude who they were interviewing on NPR clearly saw himself and people he knew on the billboard because they all worked in the coal industry. Because he's untrustworthy. No, obviously. what happened is he was his job was like he's in a high leverage industry of <laughs> storing coal, and then China being a coal burner. Well, not anymore, but oh. they were for years and years, and then I mean. Uh, Government-wise, what would you call it? It's 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 communist, but it's like authoritarian communism, right? Sure. So the government's just like we're not using coal anymore, and so his business Sorry. Just went his business. <laughs> yes, business Sorry, coal people. Toast. So his business was toasted by the government, and then they put him on the shit list for not being able to pay his debts because they ruined his business. All right, that guy I feel bad for. The train announcement was funny because it says, for people, if you don't have a ticket. Or if you're smoking in non-smoking areas, or if you're fighting, yeah. you may be subject to social demerits. Yeah. Of course, yes! Yeah. You should be. If you don't have a ticket, if you're on this train and yeah. you don't have a ticket, or you're fighting, or smoking, we're going to give you demerits. Well, I should hope to hell so. I agree. And, uh, I like how the guy. I like how the guy who tweeted is like, this is dystopia. I'm like, what is, I don't know what you're talking about dystopia. Dude, right. I mean, again, I think this is that <laughs> my fundamental problem with people who dissent against this idea is like, if you don't like it when people tell you to stop being an asshole, you are the problem. <laughs> you are the problem. Let's just be clear: you are the problem. If right. you, somebody can't tell you something because they're not going to tell you how to live your life, <laughs> like you don't have to like what they say, but at least listen and take it under advisement. <laughs> you don't right. have to, don't, I'm mad at you because you're telling me to stop being a dick. <laughs> right? How dare you tell me not to be an asshole, asshole. I like being a dick You're not going to tell me stop being a dick <laughs> I right. live in America damn it Alright dick <laughs> <laughs> Alright well on that note Anything else to touch on before we bug out For this week No I'm going to take a bio break though right after we get out of here Alright sounds good well that's it for us Our thanks to all of you for listening to the 2 on 3 pod We appreciate your subscriptions Reviews, downloads and tweets Each and every week We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.